everyone. Welcome back again to the Iconist Podcast. I'm one of your hosts here, Barry3D for Deep Dark Delicious. Hey, on my side, I'm sitting with my cousin as usual. DJ Rod C. I'm here, people. We're all here. We're wow. going to have some fun today. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we <laughs> are. And, 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 and have a very special guest. And I'm very honored that he's on this podcast with us. Um, and... It- <laughs> <laughs> I am. Is your, free, is your screen frozen? Like, like, like. <laughs> oh Lord, I'm not gonna, I, 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 I am, and, and I'll give you a second talk in a second. I'm just going to introduce and then a couple of quick shout outs, like we usually do. So uh, I'll make this quick because I want him to have as much time as possible. So one, uh, Jimmy English, back to the balcony. Check him out. You know they talk about movies, uh, past, present. Um, brings on guests all the time. Weekly show. You can find it on all streaming services with you know any place you get your podcast from so that that's one two we're going to shout out that's one right here we go uh we're also going to shout out uh touch of great comedy which i'm a part of so that's dave sokolowski thomas patrice zolf ali and myself uh you can find us everywhere we're doing some live shows uh so if you're seeing this one uh yeah you 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 probably just missed one of our shows we did a fundraiser keep the eyes open always on youtube uh, we have over 100 videos on that channel I'm still counting of course, these are Iconist podcasts, which you're watching right now. Thank you. Like, subscribe, share, and hit the notifications. Don't miss nothing. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then Jaybird Digital Arts, who does our templates, our logo, and all that stuff. If you have any kind of media that you need designed, Jaybird is the place and the man to go to. Jaybird. Okay, cool. You didn't let Jay- me get a chance to say it. Gotta do it all the time. That's why like, this guy's going in and like. Jump in. J- J- Scotch. J- J- Bird. Sorry, sorry. J- Bird. Sorry, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Uh, guess I do apologize. <laughs> I think I think did I did I miss anyone so far besides um, our our guests that I knew. Uh, oh, and then of course, if you're uh in Montreal, check out mm-hmm. Check Swins on the South Shore in Broussard. Great comic book store. Ask for Trevor and ask him for his hot sauce. He has a variety of them there, also for sale. And if you're out in uh, Kitchener. One of my favorite places to go to is Wow Comics, Warehouse of Wonder with my boy Wes. Two floors, half a million comics. You can't go wrong. Pat up your back issue supply. Support the art. Support the books. Thank you very much. Now, usually, and then, then, then uh, you know, Rod, where, where can we find you real quick? Well, you can find me um, on the internet <laughs> somewhere. Uh, but directly, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Mr. Rod C. Mr. R-O-D-C. Or you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash DJ Rod C. Listen, I'm out there, like I said, every week. I'm out there having fun, playing some tunes, and just giving you some good vibes. So make sure you pass by and, you know, do the hello, hi. Where'd you find me from? I found my comments. Okay, great. Welcome in. Let's do that. I'm all good. Okay, I've done my part. Go. Go through right. the other part you normally would do. But right. you can't really do it now. No, I, I can't because usually, and, and anyone that's a fan of the show, been listening to the show, 30-something episodes, and thank you very much. And now you're going to say, Barry, you forgot somebody. And ha-ha, no, I didn't because he's <laughs> our guest today. So Ooh. no further ado, the man of the hour, Mr. Paul Ash. Thank you, Barry. Thank you, Rod. Uh, yeah, I'm Paul Ash. If you just do the link tree, so that's linktr.ee slash Paul Ash. You get a list of all the things uh, that I do, which includes Battlecom, which uh, Monday, the 29th of November, Barry is going to be on. Uh, nice. And that is the Geek War of Comedy Game Shows. You get uh, two comics at a time punching each other in the face 
on some debate of geek import, uh, such as best defense in a zombie apocalypse, etc. And then you vote uh, not for who's right, uh, but for who's most entertaining, because we learn from Fox News it's not about being right. And I also I manage uh, uh, the the Love Doctor, who does a weekly show every Sunday night at 9 p.m. So not for the kiddies, uh, where he dispenses love, sex, and relationship advice with uh, two other performers, usually burlesque performers, uh, assisting him in giving that advice. Uh, so there is, I think, over 100 videos on YouTube. Uh, so for that YouTube channel, you can find it on the link tree. And then uh, I do the check-in with a couple friends every Wednesday afternoon or at noon every Wednesday. This is Eastern Standard Times, all the times I'm giving. Uh, and then there's They Talk Funny, where I talk to comedians around the world. And that's uh, comes out on Tuesdays, but sporadically, uh, where we talk about writing uh, and comedy writing. So it's sort of like inside the actor studio, but for stand-up comedy. And I know I should have something funny to say about that, but... Um... <laughs> well, to the end. Well, I think that worked. <laughs> Oh, that's that's awesome, and you know, and, and don't forget, you perform live. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, it's uh, the there's I'm doing stand up all over. I like to consider my home club to be the Comedy Nest in Montreal, but I also uh, get a, a little bit of stage time uh, through my friend the Love Doctor uh, when because he hosts every Wednesday night at the Wiggle Room, uh, which is 3874 Saint Laurent Boulevard, just across from uh, Schwartz's Deli. I do recommend buying your tickets. Uh, in advance because they're usually sold out come the day of the show it is the best show in montreal specifically on a wednesday but pretty much at any other time because it's music it's comedy it's burlesque it's circus arts there's some wtf you don't know what is going to happen <laughs> on that show we've had people drive nails into their skull we've had uh we've had acrobats balance people uh of course there's burlesque that happens and then there's hybrids where we have like somebody who's a clown but also a burlesque performer or a uh a musician who's a burlesque performer uh our one of our current monarchs of the mountain right now incredibly talented is a, a burlesque performer uh who uh, uh happens to sing like torch songs at the same time so <laughs> oh man i miss montreal <laughs> I'm just here trying to mentally just gather everything he's just saying. I, I, I got stuck at the nail and then burlesque, burlesque. Everybody's a burlesque. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should pick up a, a side hobby or a new job. Mm. <laughs> we need to do a road trip. <laughs> That's what we need to do. <laughs> get, get some steamies and putins on the way. <laughs> I was on, on our way when we're there. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Not on the way because it's not. not Don't forget the smoked uh, meat. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Schwartz, Schwartz passed away. I apologize. I heard that. Well, there's also the main is uh right on the same uh like it's three doors down that's and it's got oh, yeah. a bigger menu than Schwartz's. oh okay that's a road trip rod to the car <laughs> to the car <laughs> oh, that was a short interview uh, all right thank you go. <laughs> have a good night everyone um <laughs> so glad to have have you on paul as i said it, well, always excited to, to be always uh partaking in your company when you're around you know when i started company uh, comedy Paul was you know, one of the uh, first people that really helped me on my journey. So thank you so much. Nice. Uh, can't say enough nice things. I could, but this this podcast would just yeah, be praising him. Right so from the get go, you. you had great energy and you had great presence and uh, and great enthusiasm. That was obviously you had a different voice from other people, and that's why I wanted to see you on stage. 
Thank you. Thank you. Reality, Paul. Thank you for taking them off our hands. We appreciate it. (laughs) You're welcome. You still owe me that 50 bucks. You know, Um, on the trip down. Don't pay alcohol just yet. I'm only at 40. Only got 40. Well, it's awesome. And as I said, anyone that's, of course, seen the title of the show, you know what we're talking about. And we are talking about Grimjack. And I had to have Paul on because this is one of his favorite characters. You can see it there in his background. And for those listening, well, you're going to have to just kind of imagine it. You know, you know what it looks. Google it. So Grimjack, let's get down to it. Grimjack and, and you know, um, and I've read some of it. Paul's got more in depth about it. Rod's read some of it. Um, yeah. Interesting character. Very interesting character. And still a lot of influences in today's medium that people might not even catch that, you know, Rod had a point went out there to me the other day and I was like, Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, basic history, Grimjack came across and now he didn't start in his own issue at first. He started off in, yeah, in Star Slayer, right? So his first appearance was in Star Slayer issue number 10 back in 1983. History. The thing is Grimjack isn't the star of his own comic that's true he he, true. he never was the the star of the comic is actually the location sinisure yes. the city okay. itself is the star because it, it is as important as uh john as Gaunt, or as as the grimjack is yeah so uh i'm getting off on the the, the history I, I i love it but it, it was actually Go ahead, uh, no. john ostrander created uh sinisure first and it was supposed to be a multi-crossover event uh, for the first universe of comics, which included Nexus and a couple others. Yes. And, uh, and it was supposed to be destroyed at the end of the miniseries. And John Ostrander fought to keep it, uh, to keep it in existence, saying, this is such a great story, uh, location. And, uh, then he came up with Grimjack afterwards. And he, he, though Grimjack, uh, there was another artist working on it first. Timothy Truman yes. is considered a co-creator with John Ostrander. Uh, okay. But I'm interrupting how you, you were. No, 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 no. <laughs> not at all. You're you, you, <laughs> passionate you, you, about this character. If I, if I can just jump ahead as to why ahead. I think it's so important for us to talk about it. 2019 San Diego Comic-Con, the Russo brothers uh, announced that they had acquired the rights to Grim Jack for TV and film. <laughs> now uh the thing is then the pandemic hit and uh, there wasn't a lot of buzz about that that they they had but since the russo brothers i'm i i should have checked this uh as of today but i know that they had sort of a split with marvel just recently right over uh the the black widow film uh over the fact that that uh, scarlett johansson was not paid what she was owed or that disney didn't honor its uh its contract with her Right. And so maybe that frees them up with a, a little bit more time to put into this project. Fingers and I'll crossed. get into that project, the rumors on that project towards the end. Uh, but uh, I, I still think it's very exciting, the chance that, that we could be seeing Grimjack uh, on the big screen or even in the small screen. Right. Okay. So, you know, and this is a free-flowing conversation. Yeah. What would you personally rather would you rather it on the big screen or would you rather it on the small screen? And that's, and that's always a debate I have at me and Rod talk about on a lot of other properties. Three seasons in a movie. Okay. Boom. Uh, that's, I, I, I think that okay. there's, I, I think 
there's enough technology right now that they could do it uh, as a weekly TV series. Right. Uh, and I think the story structure of comic books sort of lends itself uh, to, to, to having episodic uh, with occasional story arcs I'm uh, running a that. couple episodes uh, and then maybe a major finale movie or uh, a movie that might just start a new chapter. Uh, which is what they should have did with Firefly, but they, so, thank you. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, because you know I rewatched all of Firefly, I watched Serenity the other day, and and then it was kind of like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> where, where do I go from here? Well, I'm well, confused. Well, yeah. It leaves you wanting more. You know, there's Probably. more, and, yeah. and it's like The Sopranos, fade to black, as I call it, right? Just it cuts, and you're like, okay, where's the rest of it? And you're waiting and waiting, and nothing comes out. So, maybe, uh, and, maybe and next year. Yeah, and maybe, I had a discussion with that. Maybe next week, right? <laughs> They're going back to the time maybe, slide. Maybe next week. <laughs> there, there is talk that there might be something being done in the Firefly verse, but uh, okay, that's just uh, I don't know if that was rumors or pipe dream. So right. I can't quote the source. So right now, I don't know for sure. Right. Okay. Right. So uh, it's a little bit but, of both. So, John Ostrander is still alive. Timmy, Timothy Truman's still alive. Uh, yeah. And um, it, it's, you know, I started reading uh, the books just to refresh my memory on, on some of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got volumes. There we go. And, the, it, you know, uh, it's uh, the uh, omnibus is five volumes. And uh, uh, this this one here, you can see it's uh, Timothy Truman, uh, John Ostrander. Uh, there was multiple. Flint Henry did a lot of the artwork as well. Yeah, uh, and him and uh, uh, Timothy Truman partnered up on a lot of stuff. They did like riffs and for Palladium games. They did a lot of the artwork there. Right. Uh, so uh, they were they they've always been friends. Uh, Timothy Truman sort of he he reinvented a couple DC heroes. Yep. Like uh, the Hawkworld series. That yes. Was Timothy Truman, which I where, have all together. That whole collection, the Hawkworld. <sighs> It, it's so great format, it's like yeah. when when I, I i'm trying to remember the character's name who who's just realizing how dangerous hawkman was right and the fact that he was rallying rallying the people saying uh he lets them argue and shout and then he just whispers and so they have to strain to hear him and, and so they are actually listening to him and it's he he is he is dangerous because he understands that ideas are the most dangerous thing i mean that that's brilliant uh he uh, he also had a comic for first comics, which was the uh, Scout, which was a post-apocalyptic uh, mechas. And, right. And yes. All these things. And so he had a Native American hero as a, a as a, a protagonist in a post-apocalyptic world, uh, which was really interesting as well. Uh, I, some of the, the stuff in Grimjack does not hold up today for cultural appropriate uh, being culturally appropriate. But yeah, I think uh, we'll we'll get into some of the characters later. Uh, Timothy Truman also he was the guy that uh, brought Jonah Hex forward. Like yes, re envisioned right. Jonah Hex as well for DC Comics. Right, so, but he gave these kind of uh, a more of a gruff kind of like rough, you know, a, a rough edge, a greedier, a greedier type right, of a character. Right, it yeah. wasn't so clean and cut. Like when he when he came back with Hawkman and Hawkworld, um, he had a lot more uh, grit to him. That's that's the word I'm looking for. He's got he had more grit to him which made him more tangible in my opinion mm. you know so when i was rereading some of the grimjack issues i was like i like that as as i've gotten older it's not so much 
pow, splash, you know, clean endings. It, there's a lot of, you know, no pun intended, shades of gray, you know, in between. Uh, but you see that the character has this ideology that he won't sway from. He's got his own personal code. And even yeah. though it gets in certain situations, he sticks to that code, be it if you're going to agree with him or not, which makes it a lot more interesting. I, I really, one of the things I really uh, liked about Grimjack and uh, we'll, we're, we'll, all right. Go for spoil it. A, just a touch uh, because Go we ahead. have to discuss why Grimjack is so important, would be so important to see now because right. I right. think it's great because Grimjack uh, was a, a child soldier. He was a, he was a gladiator as a child. Yes. He was a paramilitary soldier. He was a police officer. Uh, and as we are introduced to him, in the comics uh he's basically sort of like a mercenary private eye the comic books have a very much a film noir feeling yes uh, as he is uh, approaching case by case or is hired to do certain jobs and it it's great but you also get to see in his personality that uh what he calls the bleakness or the darkness and these moods that overtake him is depression he is a guy that is suffering from ptsd He is a guy that uh, loved wholeheartedly and had his heart destroyed, but it doesn't stop him from taking care of those who are his own. It also doesn't stop him from being a badass murdering machine, but it's, uh, uh, it it is what he is. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Can I say stuff like that? Oh yeah. Uh, And and the city of Sinashore is a pan dimensional city. And that that's what makes it so uh, cool as a location is because they say every dimension is connected to or will connect yeah. to or has connected in the past to the city of Senishore. So where you go from neighborhood to neighborhood, the laws of physics might change. Mm-hmm. There's some neighborhoods where science doesn't work, but magic does. So right. if you see like the covers, you'll see he has a big gun, but he's also got a uh, a sword. Uh, so he deals with these things now where he was in the military. And, uh, some of this is told in flashback stories was he fought in the demon wars. Yeah. Uh, and because of his fighting in the demon wars, hell won't take him. Uh, and during another part of his story, uh, what should be his end, he, uh, he gets killed by one of his major enemies. And he finds himself in heaven. Which surprised him because he didn't think he would end up there for, for no. half a reason. So he got there and it was like, I made it? <laughs> yeah. Freaking what? And he was reunited with, with the love of his life who, who was murdered when he couldn't yep. protect them. Uh, her father. Uh, and he, he, he felt at peace. Uh, and it was basically because of his loyalty to his friends and the fact that his good deeds outweighed his bad. It was why he made it to heaven. Now, the thing is, he then became aware that his friends on Earth were in danger, or well, in Sinister, because it's not Earth, uh, right. were in danger. And so he found out that somebody had made a clone of his body. So yeah. he left heaven. But he was told in leaving heaven, he wouldn't be given a second chance. One way ticket. It's you're in, you're staying. If you leave, yeah. you're on your own. Right. And that led into him leaving, going back, and then getting into a clone of his body, which was younger. And he gave yes. himself a little bit of a different name uh, at the time, but still trying to reestablish those friendships that he had, you know, prior to him passing away. Right. Uh, 
absolutely brilliant to then catch up with his future self. Yes. Which, uh, now the thing is his future self informed him that because hell wouldn't take him and heaven now has closed the doors to him, he was bound to be reincarnated over and over again, as long as the city of Sinisher survives. Yeah. And so he is going to be part of that city's lore. He is uh, a piece of that city now. But the thing is, uh, when he's born, he doesn't know he is yeah. who he is. He has to discover these memories. Now, the, the future self actually was trying to basically destroy Sinashore so he could finally rest, mm-hmm. which uh, is, sorry, a little bit of a spoiler. Um, well, we're not trying to hide spoilers or anything like that. I mean, at this point, the property, the, the book's been out from, you know, 1983. It started. It's been out for a good while. You know, <laughs> 1990, the Demon Wars graphic novel or Demon Knight graphic novel came out. Right. Uh, it's yeah, it's it, it, it's a the the story of him doing all that is basically makes him sort of like Doctor Who in the fact that uh, another reason why it could be like a, a series is they could have one actor for multiple s- seasons very nice and then if he dies then they catch on now uh after the the, they don't show the clones death no uh in the comic books i don't believe but they do it's they jump like 200 years in the future that's right and a guy comes in now he owns uh munden's bar which is the bar in senator and so 200 years in the future this guy walks into munden bar and says hey i actually own this place now and the the current owner is a little bit upset, uh, and uh, the uh, the uh, until they he checks the you know the bill of sale saying if this guy shows up and can find this object and open or find this safe and it'll open it up to prove who he is, mm-hmm. then he actually he is, is the, the owner. The owner, and he's able to do that now. James Twilly, the 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 next Grimjack. Yes, right. Uh, in, in the comic books, not including the clone and the future one, um, was born in a rich family, and they thought he was uh, schizophrenic. Though they don't say schizophrenic, they they said he was hearing voices, etc. And so right. they had him heavily sedated, like heavily medicated, heavily. They had him incarcerated for a long time, and he would look in the mirror and he'd say his face wasn't right because because John Gaunt, the original Grimjack, had a big scar on his face and so james twilly uh while in the mental institution cut his own face so it would match what his head was telling him was his face wow so before we go further than that and that's an interesting thing right because i know uh, and i I, see this is what i'm happier on here because you you have such in-depth knowledge and i like your perception of it we're going back now with, with with john and his family so his family was uh Let's say dysfunctional for the least. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, okay. First, first off, uh, pandem- the, it, it's a pandimensional city, so everything is going on there. There's, there's, there's aliens. There's interdimensional be- beings. There's, yep. there's uh, creatures that are so very different. And uh, John grew up in the slummiest of the slums. Yeah. He grew up in <laughs> yeah. what was called the pit, and his father uh, was not a nice man. Uh, and well, sorry, the man that was married to his mother was not a nice man. Uh, mm-hmm. his mother died in childbirth. He had an uncle Jack, um, who was his, his, uh, his father, Nick, old Nick. Yes. Uh, he had an older brother, young Nick. Uh, and then his father, uh, married 
his uh, his dead wife's sister. Um, I think her name was Mate, or but everyone it's, called yeah. her Mouse. Yes, yes, everyone mouse, called yeah, her Mouse. mouse yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, but a young Nick was was pretty devious and pretty uh, messed up on his own, right? He blamed John Gaunt like uh, for the death of the mother because she died in childbirth while, you know, while he was born, mm-hmm. uh, his, his aunt, mom, stepmom aunt, uh, did have another child, uh, which was, I, what was his brother's name? Wasn't Jack as well. No. Yeah. Cause there was, uh, there was uh, I, think- I can't remember, but he had a, a little brother that he sort of looked out for and tried to protect. Uh, but his older brother well, kind of worked on, uh, old Nick, his dad, uh, to have him beat, and you know everything that was wrong was always John Gaunt's his fault. fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, which again, this this goes into like mental health. This storyline is filled with all kinds of mental health issues, uh, and it's also the, the his his father, uh, and I put that in quotations because gets manipulated or begins to believe that his uncle Jack is actually John Gaunt's father. father. Right. Right. And so he kills his brother, which gets him put in jail. <laughs> so... But there's a, lo- gets, there's a... Is... no, go, go, ahead, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. He escapes from jail and, uh, uh and, uh, comes back and most is disappeared. No one knows where she's gone, whether she's murdered, Etc. And this is just backstory. This is stuff that was told in flashbacks uh, in in Grim Jack. This, like, he had such a detailed life. Like, after what happened with that, then he became, uh, he got sold to the gladiator pits and they would have these wolf pack children fighting. And that's where he meets one of his strongest allies and friends for all time and also one of his greatest enemies. Because mm-hmm. uh, he gets trained by the dancer, who is probably the the greatest gladiator of all time, uh, but he also meets uh, uh, Blackjack Mac. Yep, <laughs> uh, which really needs to be uh, would definitely need to be updated because he the all of his text is in jive. It's not yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> hey, look, we grew but, up in comic books that had the you know the main guy saying you know. Merry Christmas or oh Christmas, yeah. you know, uh, Luke Cage. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Walking around in a yellow shirt and, and big chain around his, you know, for a belt. So, you know, we we, we understand. We we know. Yeah, we, uh, we have to be updated. It has to be updated. Have to be updated. But, but the great the thing I like there. Go ahead, Ron. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying, like, you know, I can even say we're familiar. The basis of, of the story, what I love about it is that there's so many different layers. There's so many different layers. And I'm talking about without saying that it's the uh, post traumatic um, disorder. Not saying that it's schizophrenia, but they're saying enough stuff to give you a good picture of not only his history, what made him who he is. And when you realize certain, that's what I like about certain comic books, certain storylines, you could tell when a writer really just said, I'm with this character, I'm going in, I'm going past the envelope. I'm just, I'm bringing other stuff in here and just make you realize like this person, if you didn't see it, you can read it and feel like, Oh, I know someone exactly like that, and you can be drawn into the story, and that's the great thing about about um, Grim Jacket. Yeah, because it, it, people have the, the people have their highs, they have their lows. People have their stresses. Right. You know, when you're home alone, you have 
thoughts, good, bad, whatever case be, and things you have to deal with. There's traumas you have to deal with. Uh, to I can't picture you unhappy, Gary. I'm sorry, I can't <laughs> picture you unhappy ever. Oh, uh, if I if I lose Disney Plus, it's 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 yeah. over. <laughs> I think I, I just made it. Just you know, we just came from 1970s live action Spider-Man to this. I can't go back, Paul. Uh, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, we all have our, our, our moments and our days, but uh, this character has so many layers that pe- people don't understand how good it is that if it got brought to the big screen, the small screen, whatever, and they yeah. do it right. Don't do this whole change about like I'm gonna do it my way because I'm a director. Yeah. No, stick with the source material. Ah, then you know the words. Say the words. I know, right? You have source material. You have it right <laughs> there. It's 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 ready written for you. Copy paste. He, put it on the screen. Exactly, because because you were saying a good point in regards to other characters. You know, all characters, everybody's, all the writers try to at least say, oh, he's gonna have a bad day, or he might be a little depressed, whatever case it be. But it's very, it's very surface. Is very surface yeah. storyline along that line. So that's why I like th- this character. You really can sit there and sometimes you have to double take and read because the other ones, if it's soft, not soft, but it's very surface. Oh, yeah, I understand. He's because he's having a bad day. Next page, next page. Something with Grim. You're like, wait, let me go back and read that again. Did I really understand what this is? Wow. Yeah. I mean, there, there's deep. stories that start out. He's just, he's drinking alone in his pub. Right. And he, he's, he's sitting there and even his friends are sort of avoiding him saying, no, he's, he's, he's in the dark today. Yeah. Right. Right. He, the, exactly. the dark has come. And, and so somebody wants to talk to him. We don't recommend it. The, the dark is here. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and, 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 but at the same time, he has such loyalty to his friends. Yeah. Uh, and, and the, 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 the story structure uh is definitely got like a film noir aesthetic to it that's yes. you know that's another reason why uh just that kind of it, it would fit to either be a film or tv so well because you, you're picturing it i don't know if it would need a voiceover or not have a voiceover but i'm picturing the 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 old uh uh black and white like so a like white na- na- narrator yes uh, narrator you mean nothing yeah 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 but just to set the tone, the scene, see what's going on in his head, mm-hmm. like a little soliloquy, right? It, it, I think those are, are some things that are, are missing because with comic books, when you read them, we we hear the characters' inner thoughts. Well, I hear, I mean, you read the characters' inner thoughts. But when they try to put that on on the big screen, small or any screen, you know, you'll see them and they'll just look at you. Now, you know, there's an internal dialogue going on, but because we're watching it, we never hear it. So they try to portray it by facial expressions and all that. And you're like, oh, he was thinking this, but it's still an assumption. There's a there's a chunk of text that gets thrown out when they don't give that inner dialogue. Now they're, they're okay. Blade Runner. Also yeah. film noir feel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Blade Runner, uh, American release or European release? Which is your favorite? Oh European. So the one without the narration is the better one because it allows the acting to speak for it and allows you to read and interpret, uh, which I think they could do with Grimjack. Now there's some of us who have read the story. So we have an idea, but I don't think we are uh, alone or, or I don't think it, I'm afraid that people in Hollywood will think, Oh, we, uh, we got to go for the lowest common denominator. We got to spell it out for people. We better have a narrator. You know, 
I, I, w- I would only, the, the reason I would say that is because, like I was saying before, when you have characters that their, their, um, their expression, their, their actions is very surface, it now takes upon the director, the writers to try to go deep to figure out what was this guy actually thinking at that time. But Grimm, it's all there. If you really just sit there and read, that information is already there. So that should be able to help the character, help the, help the actors, help the director to be able to say, well, you can clearly see he's sitting by himself instead of us trying to, well, not us, but the writer trying to build that, that image of him being at the, at the bar by himself. He's in the dark. You can clearly see it that it's like, there's no mistaking. He's in, the, he's in a mood that you do not want to talk to him at all. Yeah, but that information I, is, is pulled out from the, from the comics already. So it should be easier for them to at least be able to portray that. Yeah, and his inner thoughts, I think it would help. I mean, you don't want to overshadow it, but at the same time, it's still nice to know some of his inner thoughts to give a little bit more context to the character. I think that, you know, you don't, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to miss anything with him. That's, that's what it is, you know? I, want, I think a lot can be spoken by good actors through body language. True. Right. So you, you can get a lot. Now, the other problem is that, uh, the world, the city, Sinisher, is so foreign to a lot of people's conception. Yeah. Right? right. Something will have to be done to explain that the the transdimensional nature of the city. Right. Now, uh, I, I think we should also address what happens during the Demon Wars. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he, uh, his way out of the, the, the fighting pits was to be recruited into the army to fight the Demon Wars. Basically, hell is another dimension touched Sinashore and hell consumes. So hell invaded the city. Now, parts of the city, magic doesn't work and hell had a hard time getting in there. Uh, but the, the people of the city uh, fought to fought back against hell and he was recruited into the army. The pit was consumed by hell. Uh, it, you know, hell took over sections of the city. And they, they fought against it and he got injured. And so they took him to a, a dimension that was attached uh, that had barriers to help keep hell out. Uh, that was uh, or was hidden, basically mm-hmm. not a full barrier. Uh, and that was a, a magical land where time traveled a, a little faster. So it was able to heal people quicker while he was there. Uh, the, the ruler of that land was this uh, magician and he, recognized that john had the ability to do magic and -hmm. tried to teach him he also fell for this guy's daughter uh and uh her little brother sort of idolized him a lot now through all of this he realized that he had to go back to save sinashore and as much as the other guy wanted to keep keep him as his apprentice to be the next magus he goes back and because he knew that hell had to be stopped now in the battle stop hell there's a the free marines and a bunch of other organizations got involved there was a a, somebody made a magic robot um so it could uh supposedly fight hell but it actually turned side joined with hell uh all kinds of bad stuff happened that you know came out later and later and came back uh and uh, but when the fighting stopped and they won and he went back, that dimension was betrayed. That dimension had been fed to hell and all the people, including the Magus who ruled it, his daughter that John loved, 
and her little brother, all of them were killed. Mm -hmm. And he blamed himself, not knowing that it was his own um, commander is the person that actually betrayed that dimension to hell. And that's that's uh, the major who it becomes a recurring villain. Right. Who actually gets killed a couple times because he just finds a way back. <laughs> no one dies in comics. No one dies. <laughs> yeah, well, some people die. Right. Uh, I mean, the, there's uh, supporting characters are fantastic. We already talked about Blackjack Mac, but yes. uh, there, there's there's a lot of other ones. But the the villains were fairly iconic, and some of the allies also became villains because of just the political eddies that were happening in that city uh as well so i mean uh like black blackjack's uh wife yes uh, was a goddess so uh and blackjack may or may not have been cheating on her but that's because he liked to live dangerously he's uh, crazy <laughs> he was a goddess for crying out loud uh there was a, a dwarf who was uh his sergeant uh, uh, I think his sergeant in uh, in the army, and then or when he was a police officer after the army, he became a police officer. Um, and uh, he, Roscoe, would feed him information or help him get information about uh, uh, cases that he was working on, or point him in directions of stuff that he might be interested in. So he was great that way. There was uh, there was the bartender whose name I forget right now. Right. Uh, the bar- <laughs> The bartender, the original bartender for for John Gaunt, um, didn't like him right away, but did come to like him, mm-hmm. a- and uh, in his own way, avenged John Gaunt's death. Okay, right. Uh, uh, then there's also Bill. Bill is a, a empathic lizard. They're low intelligence, but uh, when they are in pain, they sing. And so there was a high society function happening and people had one of these things. They had Bill in a cage and they were torturing it to make it sing. Jeez. And uh, so John Gaunt in the middle of another job rescued this thing and it followed him home. And a lot of the times when he was in the dark, like when the dark was consuming him, Bill the lizard would come over and sing and try to help lift him out of it because it was empathic. Right. It could feel his pain. And, uh, and you know, this was the, this was the person that saved him from so much pain himself. So mm-hmm. it's, it's deep. It's, 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 I'm about to say there's layers. There's layers to this yeah. thing. Uh, he, uh, one, one of his lovers was, uh, a, a revenant, uh, a woman who was murdered, but she was a right. ghost. And, uh, okay. uh, but she got, the her dimension only connected only so many years uh and so the person who murdered her dumped her spirit in Sinishore, knowing that he lived most of his life without being haunted by her uh but they did go back to get revenge uh and he had he had the unenviable job of trying to stop his lover from being a complete monster uh, which... oh. man it, it it's it's so it... There's, there's enough it, arcs. It's so much. Like, oh, so what? When did you become aware of Grimjack, Paul? When? When did? When? When did you become aware? And second question is, which one is your favorite story arc? 
Oh man. <laughs> uh, Paul needs a moment. Please yeah, I, I do need a moment. Uh I well, okay. I I was I was a comic collector in the 80s. I managed a comic book store from uh 87 to no 89 to 91. Okay. So um uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I was, I was aware of it, I think when it was coming out and I, I was following it from first comics back then. So a shout out to Wilkie's wonderful world, which, uh, I don't think exists anymore. Uh, but, uh, that was the, uh, that was the store I worked for it was a chain. Um, favorite storyline. Um, the demon war storyline is so heartrending, mm-hmm. uh, but actually, all right. Uh, comics. Uh, comics did a web version uh, oh, okay. uh, in the 1990s. No, more recent than that, I think. They did uh, the Demon Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no, not the Demon Wars. The Manx Cat. Okay, okay, okay. And then that the Manx Cat got bundled as a graphic novel afterwards through IDW. Right. Uh, and because the Manx Cat is it's like a Maltese Falcon type MacGuffin that appears in a couple other stories mm-hmm. and it's, it's great fun and it's, it's neat. But then came out this storyline written by John Ostrander where the Manx cat is actually the reason it's being stolen so often is because it houses a great evil and that evil is trying to escape. And so he's hired to steal it then realizes that he stole it from the, you know, the people who are keeping it safe then he has to bring it back. Uh, and at the same time, there's elder gods, there's demon invasions, there's cat priestesses, there's all these, all these things. And the, the artwork with, uh, if you've, well, if you read the Hawkworld series, yes, uh, like the miniseries before the series, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you, you would see like uh, how alien a lot of the alien creatures are. Uh, that's Timothy Truman's artwork. And there's so many aliens like that in the series that are great there's there was a a, a rough trade like the, not in the max cap but another mm-hmm. storyline there's a, a a rough trade uh uh male uh prostitute uh who's a unicorn so he's like got skinny he's got a face tattoo of a star and his unicorn horn <laughs> uh okay it's a and a horse face sorry right. not, yeah uh but other than that it's fairly human features except uh I think only three fingers and they kind of end look almost like horseshoes. Uh, and then they get the backward knees, you know, horse. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of creative visuals in that. Um, I think one of the greatest gut punches on that was discovering like we sort of knew who the character was because they followed the bad guys for a little bit mm-hmm. that uh, he actually kills his own son yes yes uh no i I would say the manx cat would have to be that's your that's your your favorite storyline okay yeah all right i mean interesting (laughs) and he's still thinking about i like that you're still kind of is it yeah because so many storylines that are so so many story arcs that are so good it's, mm-hmm. it's almost hard and i'm not trying to put you on the spot but i know sometimes everyone has like one particular storyline like i'll read that again and, and you know or that's the one that draws to me for whatever reason so now now we're going on this and we can keep going for sure and i here's my question though usually 
we try to cast the main character, right? So, and, and, and I tried, uh, you know, by look, feel, um, you know, and, it, and, then, and I, and I, I came up with a, uh, an actor who I think could play it, but I, okay. I'm still on the fence. So hold on, I wrote his name down and I know I'm going to butcher this. There, so. There's only one actor I think could do it. Oh, okay. All right. So hold on to your thought, your, your thought for half a second. Okay. I, I, I'm going to go with you because you have a lot more insight on this. Right. And I went off kilter, so to speak. So the person I was going with, his name is Raul Max uh, Trujillo. He's in the Mayans. He plays a character called uh, Tay. So he's the pretty much, if you watch the Mayans uh, show, he's, he's the gay biker that's in there on the Mayans. He only came out gay pretty much the last season uh, the current, the past season that just came out. He's, okay. yeah, he's always, he's got like the, um, the traditional like Native American necklace always around him. Um, you know, he, he's, he's one of the, the he's, he's, he's an older one, a little bit slim, long hair. Um, but I like, he's got that gravelly voice and, and, and to it, because when I look at Grimjack, it's like, I was also trying to kind of figure his, uh, his background, his ethnic background to a, a certain degree. So at times he looks Native American and at times he, he, he doesn't look Native American right but he knows he's got that distinctive nose so I was just trying to go with different aspects and, and characters so it's, he's not a big name character he's done a lot so I mean obviously the most popular thing right now currently he's in uh, Sons of Anarchy he was in Apocalypto uh, he's done other movies he, he's a little mm-hmm. bit older so he kind of fits it for me but I said that's that was who I kind of drew on there right? I I, I... I, I have to uh, to watch because I haven't watched the Mayans. So uh, oh okay yeah yeah right. So I'm just checking now. And then spoiler on that, <laughs> it, it, the character he plays his name is Tay, like T A. That that's the character he plays. Okay, uh, I'll have to check him out. I'm um, I I'm because of the right age and the fact that I know he can pull off the gravitas as well as pull off the charming when needed. Yes, and humor. Yeah, was Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> well, I'm done. I got himself? nothing else to say. Right. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you see it too, Rod? Well, I, that's exactly. I I literally can see. I can see him as well doing that. So you're yeah. right. He does has the. He does has the, the. He has the the chops, the comedy, the right connect. You know, he has the the right timing to do that stuff. But on the flip side, him playing a villain, or at least not me saying playing a villain, but he has that darkness that you can just see him like. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, that's possible. Look, look at replace his sword, sword with Lucille, and then you know that's all we need to do. Replace his sword with Lucille, and we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, see, Grimjack has the darkness in him too. That's what yes. makes him so compelling. Is the fact that he has something that separates him from the bad guys, but it's not mm-hmm. very big. <laughs> I'm only line. a swing away. I'm one less swing away from being a villain. That's what he really is. Yeah. And I, and I can swing see less. I can I can see that because I mean I, I liked him when you know in the Walking Dead series, he, you know, he's playing Negan. I liked him in the losers. Um small role we played uh Thomas Wayne, you know. Even though it was a small role, he captured that scene. Like he supernatural. Yeah, supernatural too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> wow, wow. So who who do you have for half a second there, Rod? 
But why had I had just had what Paul said? That's why I went. Sorry, so, I was more reacting to like. Ah, I thought I was gonna come out of left field like it's Jeffrey. It's Jeff-. no, I already got Jeffrey. So uh, sorry, through- I, I I didn't know it. I no, 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 no. That's good. That's how that's how we like to do it. We like to do it. we. There's three options right here. Three automatic choices. We have no idea who's gonna come with who, with what, how, or when. Right. And Barry and I have done it a couple of times. Not that often, but a couple of times where we've actually came. This is who I choose. This is who I choose. So now it's Paul and I. <laughs> that's two to one, Barry. Forget you, Barry. Well, now, well, the thing is, they, they have to do more. it soon. They have to do it soon, or he's going to be yeah. too old. Yes. Uh, True. Now, True. some of the things that uh, annoyed me. Now, they've shown other faces that Grimjack has worn, and some of them have been women. Some of them have not been human, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, there, there is uh, one of the, the 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 leaks from the Russo brothers toying with the script is the fact is he has to save his daughter there's no daughter in any of the source material no oh no that's now they're starting to tweak Ugh. now they're starting to now, tweak. now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now they're starting to tweak so uh the thing is if i think it could be done right mm-hmm. but uh, well we can say but the Reese with the russo brothers we know they're gonna they're gonna do their best and it probably will make sense for us right now hearing grim daughter that does not compute, but I'm sure it'll make it to make sense. But his I son think... could, the the his son in the the, the storyline could, uh, have been a daughter. Right, maybe that's right. Right, right. from that aspect, though. you know. Right, uh, but right. So for you, if this comes to light, are you more a purist on it, or would you allow a little bit of deviation on the story as a because you're a true fan of the material? Like how I, I would far allow deviation. You would allow deviation. I, I look as long as the the thing that has to be consistent. Yes, is the spirit of the story. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Right. If they don't capture the spirit of the character, the spirit of the story, it's, then it's, it's not Grimjack. Why? Why use an, that name if it's not Grimjack? Because it's not the spirit. Just like uh, Man of Steel right. wasn't Superman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like I like parts of it. I, I you know, but I get what you're saying. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, wow, wow. I'm still Jeffrey Dean. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. damn, <laughs> damn. Yeah, that's that's, that's beautiful. Because uh, he could definitely roll out that darkness. You've like like again, Negan. Although he's been on Supernatural, more of the good father. I think I remember seeing Jeffrey on one of the morning shows and you said, yeah, this is like doing it as most actors say when they're doing a villain, they just feel more released. They feel more relaxed that they don't have to really try to focus in to make it sound like, or make it feel like it's good. If it's, if someone a villain or someone who's has darkness, my mind can go anywhere. It's questionable, but I can just go anywhere and I can feel more at ease and it'll pull up the character better. And he does that with Negan. There's so many times you watch the show in the beginning, you know, he's, he's on that level. And then when he came over to the good side, for so like, Something might just tweak him off. Something might just tweak him off. He's just like one swing less than being Negan. That's. I I think it would be it it would be slightly more obvious than Mal from Firefly because you remember what was aired as the pilot, the train episode, the train robbery, right? Uh, and at the end of that, when he's discussing with Crow, saying, "Look, we'll give you back the money. We're just going to return the stuff we stole," and he goes, "I'm going to kill you." He goes, "Okay, you'll be like that," and then he kicks him into the engine. Yeah. And then he starts to spiel with the next guy, right? 
I, I think there's there's that kind of aspect yes. with Crimjack. Yes, fully. Give me like, an option out. I'm giving you an option. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that that is well and, done. And, yeah. Uh, just one of the things he does know magic, but he doesn't rely on it. He it's is something he can pull on. Right. It, it, it's kind of in his back pocket, it's a little bit of a sensitivity he has to it to know what is around to do to, to use it, but it's not his main focus. You know, he's bottom line, he's a thinker. He, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't run into situations brash and, and just start swinging. He really thinks analyze analyze what he's doing before he gets into it. You know, one of the lines he says is like, you don't get to my age without thinking about certain things, you know, yeah, or just running into it. You know, like, uh, some of the heroes are, we see it's like, oh, I'm going to go in there and just start swinging and hope for the best. He's going to get, no, this guy can probably take me. But if I shoot him in the head, <laughs> okay, we're good. We're going to keep walking. <laughs> yeah. And then there's also the juice about his reputation and, yeah. you know, all, all the, all the street level stuff. Like, the character was originally created to be sort of in a post-apocalyptic Chicago. Yes, exactly. Uh, Shore became a thing that was, yeah. And the thing is, with Sinashore, I actually will love to see. I mean, I really would like it. Now, now to, that we got a, we've always had a, a, we had an understanding of the character, but like you said, this, the the city that's that's a that's a that's a that's a that's an act that's part of the deal. That's part of the storyline. That you definitely want to see this. So definitely be able to see a section that has magical that doesn't have magic, how it intertwines basically with the different types of characters uh who are, you know, like you said, animal, you know, this basically humanoid type of that is something I would definitely like to see. So I go back to visually, what you're yeah. saying initially. You start visually, like you said initially, if you did like a three a three series and then went into a movie, the series will give us enough time to get deep into the lore, get into the, you know. The aspect of who the character is. Go over to a movie. Great. Let's come right back to the series again. We like a movie. All right. So here's another good question for you, and we'll wrap this up. But it, so you're saying three seasons of a TV show, or like three seasons, and then end with a movie. So what? Because now it's got to be very grand with the movie, right? So what storyline are you building up to towards the movie? Because he's got multiple storylines. So if you want to end off this from a viewer point of view i i think all right from the viewer point of view if we end up with the death of john gaunt okay maybe so, to the clone okay to explain how it could be another actor after that okay can we do your doctor who type of scenario okay yeah now for a production basis you'll see a lot of shows will start with a movie and then uh then they do episodes right the reason for that is they make a, a production company for the movie that's basically designed to lose money so they can buy all the assets that they need and all that. And then they write it off as a loss for the production company. And then they buy everything on a fire sale so they can use it in the series. Oh, uh, like the Inhumans. Uh, well, no, that one was just, that was an orphan. Uh, <laughs> but the original Battlestar Galactica. Oh God. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, most of the special effects were paid for and filmed for the first movie. Mm -hmm. And then when they made the series, they just showed those special effects again. And it right? they just good. did little updates, you know, uh, little pieces. So it didn't cost as much. Right. right. Oh, that's smart. And you know, on that, I mean, I'm part of a, 
uh, there's a Facebook group on for the original Battlestar Galactica on uh, on Facebook, which I'm a part of. So people can find me very easily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got that. So I, that's smart. Now I I, I do have these uh, and uh, they're great, but they're slightly smaller than comic books. I just want to tell people that the pages are a little smaller, so some of it can be hard to read. Mm-hmm. The back issues are out there, and they still haven't gone up a lot. So you can find go to Wow, go to uh, the the wherever the sponsors are. Yeah, check swings. Uh, find yeah. online. You can get uh, the the back issues and read the stories because they are amazing. Uh, I mean, like, look at that. He's he's got the sword. He's got the gun. He's got the magical medallions. Uh, he is uh, he is Grimjack. Man, that's beautiful. Paul, thank you so much for jumping on this podcast. I got shivers. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Goosebumps. Uh, Goosebumps. At least I'm not jumping on your roof. I'm a bit heavy, so it might be dangerous. Uh, (laughs) It's awesome. You know, so thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you everyone for listening. Please like, subscribe, share. Um, You know, I will add your link on here, Paul, so people can find you because I want them to find you and follow you on everything you do. Uh, Thank you for joining us, teaching us, you know, any last words, Paul? (laughs) love the story always love the spirit of the story and the spirit of the story is what needs to be translated whenever they take a property and they put it forward uh that's what needs to be done also follow barry um i'm sorry which side you're on but he's there uh follow, follow barry uh and uh especially check him out when he's on battlecom i need the votes <laughs> <laughs> I Vote for who's most entertaining, not not who's right. Exactly, exactly. And, and on that note, I almost forgot. Jesus, Zeus, Zeus Fleming from, you know, Red GTV. Oh, my gosh. So here we go. Another shout out to Zeus. Look him up and you can see all of that there. See all our madness. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, as I always like to say, this world is created by a pencil, a piece of paper, and imagination. Keep on dreaming. Take care. I love you all. <laughs> Sinosaur. <laughs> Rock, you kill me. I'm going down to the London. Anybody want a drink? Meet me there. <laughs> Go to London bar. Go to the bar. <laughs> See? I'm not the only one. All that I drink. Grim Jack. Out. Grim Jack. Grim Jack. Good night, everyone. Grim Jack.